Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to the always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. Also, also very handsome, might I add. Multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we're going to be looking at behind the numbers of this recent, you know, offensive surge and this recent, you know, breakthrough finally for this D-backs offense and team. So we'll look at this at the numbers during this 8-3 and three stretch in their last 11 games. And then we'll also talk about whether Alex Young should be given a spot in this rotation. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into it. And I actually want to first start off with this Alex Young discussion because Alex Young, you know, he's been a guy that I've been pretty high on entering the season. I really liked what Alex Young did last year in 2019 for this D-backs team. I thought coming into 2020, he deserved to have that fifth rotation spot. I was the guy who wrote off... Merrill Kelly and believe, you know, it should have been uh, Alex Young who got that spot because what he did in 2019 and then just Merrill Kelly in general wasn't a guy I was super high on entering the the 2020 season. I just thought Alex Young was going to be someone who was better just because of his age and he was better in 2019. Granted, he had a shorter sample size than Merrill Kelly did in 2019, but what I saw the short sample size from Alex Young, I thought he did pretty well. He had 15 starts still under his belt. He had 83 innings pitch. He only gave up 33 earned runs, had a 3.56 ERA. You know, he struck out 71, so that was a 7.7 strikeouts per nine. His walks per nine was 2.9, so that was all right. He gave up 14 home runs, which is a decent amount, but I thought he still had a 2019, uh, Pretty good 2019, a pretty solid 2019. His whip was a 1.18. So overall, I thought his numbers were pretty solid and just solid across the board. Nothing spectacular, but I thought they were definitely good enough to be a back-end rotation starter. For a guy who was only 25 last year, I would have liked to see what he could do entering this season. But Tori Lavello proved me wrong there. He made Merrill Kelly the fifth starter, and he's been arguably the Cy Young of this team right there with Zach Gallen. But now, with Madison Bumgarner on the injured list, why not put Alex Young in this rotation? It's not just because of how he started in his debut. It's also because of how bad three-fifths of this rotation has been. Let me just tell you some numbers from this D-backs rotation. I'm not going to tell you any numbers from Zach Allen or Merrill Kelly. This is Robbie Ray, Bumgarner, and Luke Weaver, how bad they've been against other NL starting pitchers. So, earn runs allowed. Robbie Ray is second with earned runs allowed in the National League. Madison Bumgarner is third, and Luke Weaver is tied with Bumgarner for third also. If you look at home runs allowed, Madison Bumgarner is tied for second with Robbie Ray and Luke Weaver. They've all given up seven home runs allowed apiece, which is tied for second in the National League. And then if we look at walks allowed, Robbie Ray is number one with 20 walks allowed, 
And then you have Massim Bumgarner, who, of course, has missed some games, but he's tied at 22nd. So not terrible, but for guys miss a start, he probably would have been even higher. And Luke Weaver, he's not, you know, total walks allowed. He's not super high just because he hasn't pitched a ton. But his walks allowed per nine is 4.6, which is still very high for a lot of these starting pitchers. So these three guys have some of the worst numbers in all of the National League when it comes to pitching. So three-fifths of this rotation has has been absolute boo-boo. So for Alex Young, a guy who went out there and, you know, had a pretty solid debut. He only gave up one earned run, which was a home run. So I didn't like that entirely, but overall... He, had, he, he got into, like, one situation where he was in a little bit of trouble. We had two outs, but the bases got loaded. But he was able to get a ground out to Nick Ahmed to get himself out of that sticky situation. And in that start, he threw 63 pitches, 42 for strikes. So he didn't go very deep in the game. He only pitched four and a third innings. And Tony Lovello said he wanted to keep him around 70, 75 pitches, and that's what he did. He didn't want to put him in a bad spot, and Alex Young... Proved to look pretty capable, and on the year, Alex Young has been pretty solid in most of his outings. His worst outing was probably uh, his second-to-last outing he made for the D-backs, the, the, his last outing before his last start. We gave up two earned runs in just two of a third-innings pitch. He didn't even make it a full inning, so that was probably his worst outing of the year. But before that, he usually made it you know, a couple innings. He was kind of a not a long-relief pitcher, but he was a guy that usually pitched between one and a third to two innings pitch. He had three different outings this year where he pitched at least two innings. That's really why the D-backs want to use him. And his ERA on the year is a 3.86. So it's been solid out the bullpen. He's thrown for 64% of his pitches for strikes on the season. And for a D-backs rotation that's really struggled with strikes, that has really struggled with walks, Robbie Ray only has, or excuse me, not Robbie Ray, Alex Young only has Three walks on the season, and his command has looked pretty solid. And based off what I saw in 2019, he was already a guy that I was pretty high on. And now seeing how this rotation looks in 2020 with the struggles of Robbie Ray, Weaver, and Bumgarner, I'm even more excited to potentially see uh, Alex Young in this rotation. Robbie Ray did have his best start of the season against the Padres, where he you know, went with a no-hitter through about five innings, but... It was still not a, a start that really inspired me. He he still looked like a guy that, he, even though, you know, he wasn't allowing earned runs, he still wasn't attacking guys like how I wanted him to. He was still falling behind a decent amount of counts, still got a couple of full counts. He still throws a lot of pitches. So he did a good job of now a lot, of not allowing himself to get shelled yesterday. He wasn't giving up the home runs. He wasn't giving he wasn't giving up the ton of walks like he usually does. Overall, his numbers yesterday, you know, five innings pitch. He get he did walk six, which is still atrocious for Robbie Ray. It's still a lot, and he only and he threw ninety five pitches, which is always his issue throwing so many pitches. Because of the ninety five pitches thrown, he only threw forty five for strikes. So even though he had basically a no hitter through four innings, he still. Or a no-hitter through five innings, really. He, he still wasn't a guy that was, you know, dominating the opposing side. They just weren't getting those timely hits, and they were still getting on base and drawing walks, but they weren't really converting those walks. So, Robbie Ray, 
even though he it was his best start of the season, it definitely wasn't a start that gave that gave me a ton of confidence. Honestly, is he still didn't look like the kind of guy that we saw in twenty seventeen. He didn't even look like a the kind of guy that we saw in twenty eighteen or or twenty nineteen. Robbie Ray twenty twenty has been the worst version of of himself that we've seen yet. And yes, it was his best start of twenty twenty, but it still wasn't a start that gave me a lot of confidence. Madison Bumgarner is scheduled to pitch. Uh, a simulated game today. I think he's doing like a 50-pitch simulated game today. So we'll see how quickly he could get back on track. But with three-fifths of this rotation struggling, if I was Tori Lovello, I would give a hard look to Alex Young based on what I already saw in his first start of the year and based on what I've seen in 2019 and what I've seen from this, the other pitchers in the starting rotation. It will not be a doubt in my mind uh, to give... Alex Young, a second crack at this rotation. And if he goes out there and gives you another good start, then I really think you have to either consider a six-man rotation or really consider moving a Robbie Ray or a Luke Weaver to to the back end of the bullpen and possibly using them as a you know seventh-inning guy or using them as a long-relief pitcher. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Wine door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com for to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and, remar- and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's look at some of these numbers behind this dominant, or should I say dominant? Because it's definitely been, it's definitely felt like a dominant streak for this D-backs, going eight and three in their last eleven. And this D-backs team has been great when looking at the splits on their offensive side of the ball, especially this D-backs team has really picked it up in this last eleven games. When we just compare them to their first eight games. In the month of July, which was eight games, they only scored at least five earned runs one time. And if you look at their numbers overall, they batted 204 as a team in July, 290 OBP, an OPS of 580. They had two home runs as a team, only 22 RBIs, 61 strikeouts, and 255 at bats, which is a ton. And they only had one triple, 14 doubles, and 52 hits. So those were a lot of numbers I just gave you. 25 runs scored as a team through eight games. So definitely not the numbers you want to see. But if you look at the last two weeks for the D-backs, the last 14 days, a big improvement from those first eight games. So if you just look at like the batting average in the last 14, they batted 297 as opposed to batting 204 in July. OPS is now sitting at 839 in the last two weeks as opposed to OPS 
of just 580. They got how many home runs? 16 in the last two weeks. As opposed to through the eight games, they had a meager two home runs scored. So their numbers across the board have just looked tremendously better. 76 RBIs in the last two weeks. And it is 12 games played as opposed to the eight games played. But still, these numbers across the board have just flown up. Uh, just have been tremendous these last two weeks, these offensive numbers as a team, as opposed to those first eight games. Now let's get to more specifics why these numbers have been looking better. And a lot of these numbers I'm getting from are courtesy of Arizona Sports. Thank you to Logan Newman doing the real work behind the scenes. But there are two major players who have been key contributors during this recent stretch where they went where they went eight and three. Starling Marte and Cole Calhoun, two offseason signings by this team. During this 11-game stretch, Starling Marte is batting 400 while getting on base at a 483 clip with a 622 uh, slugging for OPS of 1060. His batting average is the 11th best in the majors during that time. And David Peralta is batting 415 during that time as well to go along with Keto Marte's 383. And even Nick Ahmed is batting 359 during that stretch. Marte, starring Marte, that is, also has two home runs and eight RBIs to go along with 18 hits, 11 roll, and 11 runs scored during this 11 games. As, a, as for Cole Calhoun... His power numbers and his slugging has been tremendous during these 11 games. His average, his batting average, that is, is still, you know, it's still not phenomenal. He's still a guy who's sitting around 270. But in terms of power, he's hit five home runs during this 11-game stretch with 15 RBIs and two doubles. And so his slugging is sitting at 659 during the, during this 11-game stretch. So he's just mashing the ball right now, even, even if he's not getting a lot of singles and overall hits. When he does get hits, they're going for extra base hits, and a lot of times they're going for home runs. Now, the D-backs have usually struggled through the first three innings. Usually the first time, or first time through in the lineup, they've really struggled in four of the games during this 11-game stretch. They've gotten hitless during the first time through the order, so that's where they really need to pick it up. But if you look in the later game, after the three innings, this D-backs offense really turns it on. And I've been saying this since the Astros series, that if you could get them to the bullpen, this D-backs offense really gets it going. It's something about that the starting pitcher in the first time through the order where they really struggle. But the more pitches they see throughout a game, the better they get. The team is batting 361 on average over the middle three innings, which is the best in the majors, as is the 31 31 runs scored during that time, too. So innings four through six, the D-backs have been the best team in the majors during this 11-game stretch. And they're doing it with not just power, but also some smaller hits. They lead the league in singles during those innings with 11 doubles, which is tied for the second most. And and they have seven home runs during that time, too, during those middle innings, which is tied for the sixth most. So the D-backs have been able to do it all during this little 11-game stretch, and it's really because of what they do in these middle and later innings. This D-backs team is actually even getting better in innings 7 through 9 when the game gets really close, and you actually need to score even more runs because those innings are even more important. The D-backs have actually stepped stepped it up even more in those later innings. 
The D-backs have scored 37 runs in innings 7 through 9 over the last 11 games, which leads the league by a huge margin. And they're just one of two teams batting over 300 during that same stretch. And the D-backs actually lead that league in batting average during that stretch, too, with a 369 batting average in their last 11 games through innings 7 through 9. So they're doing great in that area. They're doing great in their middle to late game success. It's just really early in the game where they've really struggled. They've just been getting off to slow starts. But after, you know, innings 4 through 9, the D-backs are just killing it right now. And they've needed to because their bullpen hasn't been that great during this stretch. The group has a 5-5-2 ERA, which is awful during that stretch. But it's been good enough for the NL West because somehow it's actually been the second best, you know, bullpen ERA in the division during that stretch. Because the Rockies are at 577, which is second. Padres are third with 7-2-3. And the Giants are just uh, atrocious at 8-7-9. And the Dodgers are by far are by far the best. At just 169 ERA. So the D-backs, even though their bullpen has been awful during this stretch, it's been the second best in the division, which is really all you need to say. And then when you look at the fifth starter for the D-backs this season, it's been dominant for the D-backs because you've had Merrill Kelly back there. And he's pitched twice during this 11-game stretch. And he's been nothing short of a Cy Young pitch. He's been nothing short of phenomenal because he's only given up one earned run over 12.2 innings pitch during this 11-game stretch to go along with two walks, two, only two walks allowed, and a batting average below 200. And he's really been, you know, make the case, him or Zach Allen, who's been the better pitcher, I keep saying, for this D-backs team, you could really give it to either one. And Merrill Kelly, as his fifth starter, he's been way better than I could have anticipated. I've always said... I didn't know, you know, I, I ran him off. He was a 31-year-old sophomore pitcher, but he's brought a lot of stability to this rotation with so many of these rotation guys struggling, as I mentioned in the first segment. We've really needed guys to step up. Merrill Kelly has been way better than anyone could have expected. So when you look at this D-back stretch, their offense has been way better than it was to start the season. They're scoring more runs. They're, they're getting... Better late in game situations. They're getting better in these clutch moments. Runners in scoring position. The D backs are solid on the year. They're batting 321 on the season with runners in scoring position. So the numbers have looked better recently. Eduardo Escobar is starting to show some life finally. He's starting to wait a little bit more on pitchers, starting to be a little bit more patient. He's not chasing as, more, uh, as much. So this D backs offense finally starting to come around. If Alex Young could be put in this rotation, he could help shore it up. And this D-backs rotation will come around too. And I do think, I don't even have to think, this D-backs team is right back in the thick of things. They're only a game and a half back of the wild card. And if they could keep this stretch up, there's no telling how far this D-backs team can go. I don't know if they can make it to a World Series, but postseason run is definitely in stores for them. They have too much talent on this team. And I definitely think they're finally starting to hit their groove at the right time during this MLB season. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Don't forget to go to rockauto.com. We can shop for auto and body parts. They have amazing selection, and their prices are always reliably low. Hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. Let's go, D-backs. Peace.